At the Dells, at one of the places, you can get one of those big, like, blow-up dolls. Or, I'm sorry, not dolls. <laughs> ball. It's a big blow-up ball. Hey, sorry, wrong word. We said Whoa. doll. We should, just, <laughs> should, we, should we just go to break? Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. Round the Six twelve on Wisconsin's morning news. Is that live? What you just pulled? No, up? that oh. was last year's Groundhog Call. They're all there at Gobbler's Knob. You want the live twenty? Yeah. Do you this have? This is it? pretty incredible. You ready? That's it right there. I watched you. It's <laughs> potted up. <laughs> Nothing going on yet. What time do they pull that rodent out? Like about it's sometime between six twenty and six thirty our I time, right? I think so, right? But it sure sounds pretty quiet there right now. And at the Milwaukee County Zoo today, they're going to trot out the penguins mm-hmm. to decide whether or not we have six more weeks of winter. We got more on that coming up later in the show. I do want to mention, just because it blew up the text line yesterday, <laughs> we were not on the live stream for a little while. Now, if you're listening to us in your car right now, you might not even know what we're talking about. But a lot of folks consume radio now through our app, through a streaming mm-hmm. service. And for a while... and. Need to get into it. Third party vendor, whatever their thing was down, yeah, and yeah. so a, a way a lot of you listen to the show is through some sort of streaming service, and that wasn't working yesterday. So the text line is blown. Out. Are you on the air? Are you on the air? We we were on the air. <laughs> we just weren't on your stream, which can happen. Uh, so I will remind you one that you can text the word. What's what is it to get the podcast? Vince. Oh, that's my name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I forgot that one. Remember that one. Text Vince to 855-616-1620. We'll send you to the podcast page where you can listen to any segment of the show or the whole show from yesterday. We had a rocket show yesterday. So that's available to you anytime on our podcast page. But but also these things can happen from time to time. And you know what it made me think about, E, is there's this move. Some automakers, Tesla among them, mm-hmm, are mm-hmm. talking about removing AM radio from cars. And just having the phone right. be the audio source. And there's this public service campaign, and it's largely felt to me, even as someone who does what we do to be somewhat self-serving, like, to call your congressman and tell them that uh, they shouldn't do this. AM radio, very important. Brought to you by this broadcasters association (laughs) or the other. Yeah, okay. So I haven't really addressed it. But that did give me pause in light of what we were talking about just the other day about how China and you have the FBI director, National Security Agency, all saying China is preparing to cyber attack the U.S. in multiple ways, go after big stuff, infrastructure stuff. And we do use AM radio and all of our broadcast entities for emergency alerts, yeah, the EMS, yeah. emergency alert system. And I just thought, you know, maybe there really is something there. We spent a century building out this broadcast network across our country, and this is one way that we communicate emergency messages to people. And who knows Someday, when you need it, is that stream there for you? Might be a little bit more to that argument, other than just, you know, make sure you can still hear Vinny and Eric every morning. <laughs> what are you saying? <laughs> right. Not that that's not important. <laughs> of course. 615, Brandon Snide has sports. That's coming up next. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The twists and turns of a wild offseason continued on for the Brewers Thursday night. Corbin Burns, the 2021 Cy Young Award winner for the crew, traded away to the Baltimore Orioles. In return, the Brewers getting shortstop prospect Joey Ortiz, left-handed reliever D.L. Hall, and the 34th pick in this year's MLB draft. 
Jesse Rogers, ESPN's MLB reporter, discussing the trade for the Brewers. For Milwaukee, it's a little bit of a retool. This is what the smaller markets have to do. Burns was going to be a free agent after this season, so they go ahead and pick up D.L. Hall, a 25-year-old pitcher, also Jory Ortiz, an infielder, who both players should be able to contribute to the Brewers this season. Brewers general manager Matt Arnold met with the media on Thursday night as well, addressing how this trade could impact 2024. I think we've added a number of pieces, including uh, Reese Hoskins, that we feel really good about. And um, I I wouldn't at all look at this as any kind of rebuild at all. Uh, This is something, in fact, that we think helps us right now and helps us in the future. And so, again, adding, you know, veteran players like we have, bringing back guys like Wade Miley, but also making moves like this and then investing long term in somebody like Jackson Churio, I think speaks to the to the balancing act that we're trying to uh, walk here, you know, with which is help the major league team and also try to win for many years to come. Brewers and catchers set to report on February 15th. Over to the NFL, where the offseason in Green Bay rolls on, Packers general manager Brian Gunnikins conducted his end of the season press conference on Thursday afternoon, opening up with some praise for his head coach, Matt LaFleur, in the NFL's youngest roster. Yeah, I got to give Matt and his staff a ton of credit. You know, obviously there's a bunch of uh, new moving pieces, and obviously we, we dealt with some injuries, you know, along the way, like all teams do. Uh, but give those guys a lot of credit uh, and the players themselves just for kind of sticking with it, fighting through things, uh, coming together, um, never really losing faith. And um, But uh, there was, you know, I think, again, at the end of the season, we were playing our best offensive football. Um, we became very dangerous. Goody also saying the team has no plans to trade away cornerback Jair Alexander, and he also expects running back Aaron Jones to return. And lastly, we'll head over to College Hoops where the Wisconsin Badgers once up 19 points to the Huskers in Nebraska in overtime. They fall this one by a final score of 80 to 72. The loss drops the sixth ranked Badgers to 16 and 5 on their season. And Vince, yesterday we had talked about our optimism for the Milwaukee Brewers. Did last night's trade change your. I, my only thought on. Burnsy was, could we get a better deal later? Could we leverage him mm-hmm. later in the season for somebody who needs to pick up a quick rental? But no, fine with it. Yeah, I think I am too. I mean, I, what I see is Matt Arnold working with what he's got, and he's not sitting here whining, oh, we're a small market team, and we can't. Yeah. He's moving, he's doing things. And he also said he's open to more, so. Let's go. <laughs> 620 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Then put your little hand in mine. There ain't no hill or mountain we can't climb. And they pulled him out. Punxsutawney Phil is out. Sears, prognosticator of all prognosticators, was awakened from his wintry nap at dawn. Okay, this is live. This is live. Phil looked to the skies. What's going to be like 10 minutes yet before he says what happens? Directed the president to the proper school. Been through this before. So here's my favorite part. So all the guys up there look the same. They're all got a beard. They're all wearing top hats, all in black, tuck slash long coats and whatnot. Except there's some kid up there in a blue hoodie. Somehow he snuck up there. (laughs) Who brought him up on stage? Someone's son got up on the stage. Come on here, boy. Stand right by me. But it's not what I feel, it's what I see and what you hear. So gather round and let me be clear. Oh, are we going to hear it? Say Atmosphere it. is a wonderful thing. See. And we can create our own and the weather it brings. Say it. It brings hope for the future and so much more. Maybe some Punxsutawney Phil write-in votes in 2024. <laughs> Do you see a shadow or not? Here we go. <laughs> you know what? It doesn't even matter. I'll tell it you later. Because it doesn't, it doesn't right, matter. Because yes. he's not a meteorologist. <laughs> Moving on to our Decision Wisconsin coverage. WTMJ. The Groundhog's not a meteorologist. Glad tidings on this Groundhog Day. 
Wow. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Good producing by Greg Hill back there. Thank you, Pancake. The National Weather Service says Phil nails the forecast about 40% of the time. Okay, so count on that. All right, anyway. Back to our Decision Wisconsin coverage. We're previewing the elections that are going to be on ballots across southeast Wisconsin in the February 20th spring primary. WTMJ's Adam Roberts with a look at where the polls will be open this month in Milwaukee County. Pokemon go to the polls. The 2024 election cycle begins in earnest on February 20th. That's when voters across southeast Wisconsin will head to the polls for the spring primary. All month long on WTMJ, we're providing a summary of what you can expect on your ballots when you cast your votes on the 20th. And our first stop is in Milwaukee County. Let's start at the top, where incumbent Milwaukee Mayor Cavalier Johnson is making a first-time defense of his position after defeating Bob Donovan for the seat in 2022. We wanted to set out to make a city that was stronger, safer, a city that was more prosperous for folks, and I think we've laid a really good foundation to do that, and I want to build on that in the next term. Johnson has received two official challengers that will be on city residents' ballots this month. One is a name you might recognize from the last race for mayor, Aisha Griffin. Griffin, who is also running for a handful of other positions this spring is no stranger to the race for mayor. Having received around one half of 1% of the over 61,000 votes cast in the 2022 primary. I've done things outside of the box. My vision is for the people. It's a workable plan. It can be implemented with, with one seat or all the seats. The other challenger to Mayor Johnson is another past mayoral candidate, David King. King last ran as a write-in against then-Mayor Tom Barrett in 2020. People want a mayor that will look after them. If I put you in office, I want you to make sure that my interest is being taken care of. As for the rest of city government, primaries will be held in Aldermanic Districts 5, 7, and 11. Meanwhile, on the Milwaukee County Board of Supervisors, only the 18th district includes a primary, with Supervisor Deanna Alexander running against challengers Brandon Williford and Brown Deer High School teacher Marty Hagedorn. As for municipality-specific ballot items, five school boards in Cudahy, Franklin, Germantown, Greendale, and Shorewood will have primaries for school board positions. The deadline to pre-register to vote has now passed for February 20th, but don't worry, there's still other ways you can register. Voters can head to their local clerk's office between now and February 16th, or you can register day of at your local polling place. For those wishing to vote absentee, most must request a ballot by February 15th, except for those in hospitals who have until 5 p.m. on the 20th to have a ballot brought to them. Coming up next week, we explore what's on the ballot this month in Waukesha County. Adam Roberts, WTMJ News. Spring primary election February 20th, the spring general election, which will also include the presidential primary. That is coming up April 2nd. Brewers, pitchers, and catchers report to... Oh, well, not you, Corbin Burns. That story coming up in sports at 645. Grammys are Sunday night, and uh, history could be made. There's always history that could be made at these things, right? Uh, the big one could be uh, SZA. She is the Michael Phelps of the Grammys. Could win nine different categories. <laughs> well said. Nine categories. Also happening on Sunday night. I'm late. Billy Joe with his new song dropped yesterday. And I'm trying to find. <laughs> Sounds like Billy Joel. Yeah, I guess. I, 
I could have predicted you going, meh. <laughs> I could have predicted that yesterday. Just play Piano Man and let's go. <laughs> really? So I think if there's someone who can pull off a new song, Maybe. it's Billy Joel, right? There have been artists, there have been groups that have transcended decades, yeah. for sure. Did I wait too long? <laughs> <laughs> Not loving it. Anyway, Sunday night, you can hear it again. 639 in Wisconsin's morning. Six forty-two on this Groundhog Day, and yes, indeed. just filling you in. Phil, in fact, did not see his shadow, thus predicting an early spring. That's Punxsutawney Phil out there in Pennsylvania. Later today, the zoo is going to do the penguins. Yes, which we will tell you about coming up about ten minutes before. Answer the question as to why the penguins. <laughs> there is that. So that's coming up at ten to seven this morning. Happening later today. Story we highlighted for you on Thursday's show: the woman accused of shooting up another car on the freeway week before Thanksgiving. She is due back in court. Twenty-seven-year-old Rosita Sims. She has a hearing on the most serious charges against her: first degree recklessly endangering safety, discharging a firearm from a vehicle, carrying a concealed weapon. All faces a charge e of driving on a suspended license. And according to the criminal complaint, Sims was frustrated. She was driving eastbound on I-94. It was, that, it was during our show because they shut down the freeway right. after shots yep. fired report. Um, she apparently, Sims, was frustrated. She said somebody cut her off. And so her response was, according to the criminal complaint, to roll down her window, pull out a gun, and start firing. Nobody was hurt, but the victim's car did have a couple of bullet holes in it. Sims, when interviewed by Waukesha County authorities, said she typically has three go-tos. A gun, a knife, or mace. Oh. Not sure the mace would have been a would have worked out the window. So authorities recovered a semi-automatic handgun from her purse. Oh, by the way, she had her baby in the car oh, with her man. at the time. Said the gun went off by accident, as detailed in the criminal complaint. So she's out now. She posted three thousand dollars bond months ago, required uh, in order for her to stay free while the case plays out in court. Again, suspended license. I believe it's entirely likely she drives herself to court today, seeing as how it didn't stop her from being off the road before. Why would it now? It's not trial yet, so she waived her preliminary hearing. So this has to be like one of those final steps, pre-trial hearing. Usually there's a plea deal in a, in a case like this. So I'm wondering, you know, if some sort of... She pleaded not guilty to all those serious yeah. charges, so today would be the day that if there's some sort of deal in the works, they might just put an end to it. Today, nonetheless, 8.30 a.m. this morning before Judge Laura Lau in Waukesha County. Brandon's got sports coming up next. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The Corbin Burns era in Milwaukee is officially over. On Thursday, the Brewers traded away their former Cy Young winner in exchange for left-handed pitcher D.L. Hall, infielder Joey Cruz, and this year's first-round draft pick. Burns is also set to become a free agent at the conclusion of this season. For the second straight year, the Nebraska Cornhusters pulled off a dramatic comeback to beat the six-ranked Wisconsin Badgers on Thursday night. Wisconsin held an 18-point lead in the second half, but ultimately falled to Nebraska on the road in overtime by a final of 80-72. to And lastly, sticking with college hoops, the UWM Panthers got back into the win column on Thursday night, knocking off Purdue-Fort Wayne by a final of 68-65. to B.J. Freeman leading the way with 26 points for the Panthers, who improved to 11-11 and on their season. It's time for Extra Points, a sports opinion commentary on Wisconsin's morning news. Here's Brendan Snide. 
After winning 92 games and clinching the NL Central what just feels like months ago, the ongoing offseason for our Milwaukee Brewers is one that will probably be more memorable than anything. On Thursday night, the Brewers sent away their homegrown superstar in exchange for a couple of prospects and a high draft pick. On the surface, the trade last night most likely didn't come as a complete shock to me or probably you, but the return on what the Brewers got certainly did, and that today is what's up for debate. Take it for what it's worth, I'm not sure the Brewers had a ton of leverage here, and the more I look at the return, the more I'm actually okay with it. However, what's not up for debate is the actual trade itself. This was a move that needed to happen for Milwaukee. And a move that you can make the case should have happened a year ago, or at the very least during last year's trade deadline. If you're a realistic fan, which I do acknowledge is quite hard to find these days, to be honest, the writing for Burns to be dealt has been on the wall since last offseason when he and the Brewers went head-to-head in arbitration, arguing over what he should or he shouldn't be paid. Once he reported to camp last spring, his own words, speaking with a low tone, spoke loudly on what he thought his future was in Milwaukee. The Brewers simply just were never going to be able to pay him. Never. Wasn't going to happen. Will these prospects work out? I have no clue. I hope, like you, but we we really don't know. Just like we didn't know how Burns would turn out once he was a prospect. What we do know is this, though. Unfortunately, this is how the Milwaukee Brewers have and always will operate. It's not the way I think can be sustained for a winning formula year in and year out, but it's one, thanks to baseball, that you and I will just have to live with. Then put your little hand in mine There ain't no hill or mountain We can't climb Glad tidings on this groundhog day An early spring is on the way That's live, well not live, it was once live From Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania Yes, Phil didn't all right, I want to get this right. He did not see his shadow, Correct. therefore, yes. early spring. Yeah, so it's a party in Gobbler's Knob this morning. So, first of all, I'm just now picking up on what Pancake is doing. Took me almost an entire hour of the show to realize he's playing the same... <laughs> the Sonny and Cher. The same <laughs> bumper music <laughs> to mirror the film Groundhog yes. Day. Correct. I, I look back there, honestly, like, didn't you just play this dog? That's awesome. <laughs> it took me an hour, but I, I see you working there, Greg. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. That's good producing. So you got the groundhog. It's groundhog day. If the groundhog does see his shadow, then that's uh, supposed to mean six more weeks of winter. Right. The National Weather Service says Phil nails the forecast about 40% of the time. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Right. Again, this is fake. It's all just a joke <laughs> here. It has nothing to do with anything. The groundhog's not a meteorologist. Precisely. And, and here's how you know, too. When they pull that rodent out in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, at 7.30 or so their time, it's still dark. <laughs> see a shadow, don't I see I love like, that you're dissecting whether or not the right. sun's even out. Right, it's not. This, this is a shadow. Yeah, it's barely light. There's no shadow. This and stuff is already written out on the he's scroll. Reading that, yeah, he's reading that creed as if it's been written right. yesterday. It was. It so just... There's no credibility to it, but it's fun. So there is a thing taking place today before the zoo opens this morning uh, at the Milwaukee County Zoo, but they don't have a groundhog. Gordy passed away. Gordy did. So they decided to, and I think it's a brilliant maneuver, to be perfectly honest, they decided to go with a penguin to see or not see the shadow this morning. I don't. Can, can we not get another groundhog? Well, did we order? How does that even work? Did we order I one? Asked. I didn't to ask go that. online. Well, hey, we're down one groundhog here in Milwaukee. If anybody's, 
I'm looking sure, to move one. I'm sure there's at least one person listening right now who knows of where a groundhog might be. <laughs> Actually, I don't want. I do not want to hear from that. Person. Or a poodle with a groundhog outfit on. No, oh, right, yeah, I'm not interested in that either. Right. <laughs> anyway, back to the so, penguins. So you were on this hot earlier this week. Why a penguin? Why a penguin? So you sent me to the zoo to investigate. So I did that for you. I did that. I went to the zoo to find out why the zoo made that decision to go with the penguin. With beloved Gordy no longer with us, the Milwaukee County Zoo had to make a decision. Which animal could be used as a replacement on Groundhog Day? What are we looking at right here? This is our Humboldt Penguin exhibit. That's Joe on on exhibit, one of our keepers who's cleaning up the area today. And he's cleaning it because there's a big event taking place on Friday. Well, yeah, we clean it on a routine basis. First animals to tell us. I'm chatting with Alex Ware. He's the zoo's aviary curator. The zoo has decided to go with a penguin to make the prediction, which begs the question, why a penguin? Well, we entertain the possibility of using several animals in the zoo, but we're somewhat limited in the fact that it's still winter and a lot of our warm weather animals are not able to come outside. So the cool temps limit the pool of animal choices, but in this reporter's mind, there's one easy option. Of course, the badger. This is Wisconsin, and the zoo has one. Do we know if the badger was pissed that he wasn't asked to do this? I don't think the badger minds. I think the badger's uh, uh, still sleeping or snoozing. Ah, right. Hibernation. Yeah, the badger does hibernate. He's still sleeping. We haven't seen him in a while. Tim Wilde is the curator of large mammals at the zoo. Yeah, he says many of his animals couldn't be considered because they're sleeping. Or because they're totally not safe. Which animal, I guess, would you not want to wake up from hibernation the most? Well, I wouldn't want to wake the bears up. Our, our big cats do not hibernate, but uh, something like a jaguar or a male tiger are things that I would not want to wake up next to. All right, so penguins it is. Which Ware says is a good choice, given the temperature. Penguins have a really broad range of temperature parameters that they can come out in. Anywhere from 10 degrees to 80 degrees or 90 degrees in the summertime. So we figured they would be a logical placeholder for Gordy. So that means the pressure is on. They say that Punxsutawney Phil is 40% accurate. So if you were to guess, I mean, this is maybe a one and done for the penguin. I mean, is yeah. there pressure on yeah. to get I, it right? I think, I think history will bear that out. I think it would be ideal if they were one for one going down the road. Maybe more people think about using penguins in the future. No matter what happens and whether a penguin sees a shadow or not, one thing Wild reminds us about Wisconsin winter. So I figured in Wisconsin, we always have six more weeks anyways. This is true. Eric Bilstead, <laughs> WTMJ News. 9 a.m. this morning. It's not open to the public. It's not open to the public. Right. David Crowley will be there. <laughs> really? County Exec's yep, going? Yep, yep, So 9A, they're going to open the one of the borough doors there at the penguin exhibit, which is right there in the front when you walk into the zoo. Is there a penguin whom we know will come out of that door? I, or I, just sort I, of whichever one? I think whichever one makes it through first. <laughs> and whether or not he sees a shadow, we'll find out. And then they'll uh, make sure to post that on social media for everybody. I'm glad you asked about the badger. You know, I walk by that exhibit <laughs> every time we're there. I ain't never seen that badger. <laughs> Not even in the middle of summer. I don't know what that guy's up to. Sleeping too much? Yeah, I'd like to see somebody wake him up. <laughs>